let's really, uh, kind of going off of last week, let's come open-handed uh, and ready to seek. And so this song uh, to start is kind of that invitation, that invitation to come. Let's, let's worship together. And come to the water, all who are thirsty, and come and drink, and come to the table, all who are hungry, and come and feast, those who are weary, those who are needy, to come receive, come to the river, come to the river, taste and see. Oh, oh my soul, the thirst for you 
invite you here this morning. God, thank you for this invitation to come to the table. God, thank you for your spirit so refreshing. God, thank you in the face of this world with all the confusion, all the trials thrown at us. God, thank you for your peace. God, we pray that you be glorified here this morning. God, I pray for each one in this room that we'd be able to meet and commune with you this morning. God, I pray for all those who are sick. God, I pray that they would feel your touch this morning. God, all the things that maybe have weighed us down this week, God, we just want to lay at your feet. And I pray that we'd be able to set this time aside to really focus on you. fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God is never late it's working all things out it's working all things out oh yes I will lift you high in the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all my days. Yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will. I count on one thing, I count on one thing, the same God that never fails, will not fail me now, you won't fail me now, in the waiting, the same God is never late, is working all things out, is working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all my days. Yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will, and I choose to praise, to glorify, 
glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify, to glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names. And nothing can stand against. Oh yes, I will. Lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will. For all my days, yes, I will. God, thank you for your promises. God, thank you that we can trust you with everything we are. God, thank you for this body. We just pray your blessing uh, as we meet together with you this morning. Just give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all this morning. I got some uh, some good news and some bad news about coffee next door. Um, the good news is we're bringing back the free coffee. Okay. The bad news is if you show up after nine fifty-five, that's all you get. Okay. So, at ne starting next week, there will be no ordering of specialty coffees after 9.55. So the coffee shop is going to be open from 9.15, which is a little bit earlier than normal, to 9.55. And then we're going to clear it out, take no more orders, finish up, let the coffee shop staff come in here, let all of you come in here. Um, so that starts next week. So if you want your specialty coffee, make sure you get here on time. Um, a couple of volunteer opportunities that I want to mention uh, during the Christmas season. There's a lot of things going on here. Um, one, Operation Christmas Child. Today is the last day here at the church, on a, the last Sunday, I should say. Um, there's collection right after the service, and then there's also a collection time tomorrow. But make sure if you wanted to fill a shoebox, um, make sure you get that in today or tomorrow, because they're all going to get shipped off and will be done tomorrow. Um, but then starting on the 21st, which is tomorrow, right? tomorrow's 21st, um, we're going to be doing the Salvation Army bell ringing at the uh, Golden Safeway and the Golden King Super. So there's a sign-up genius available off the website and in the weekly email. So go ahead and sign up for a two-hour slot to ring the bell for the Salvation Army. That's a great volunteer opportunity. And then starting in January, we're actually going to need some more help in the nursery downstairs. So if God has put that on your heart, oh, we got a couple of volunteers right here in front. So, you know, we might be set, you know, Neil and Vivian and I don't know your name, your, your, your face is new, but you're welcome to do it too. So, um, so yeah, anyone else? Oh, we got more volunteers. We got all kinds of people to volunteer. So if you would like to help out in the nursery starting in January, please let Angela or Tom know and uh, we will get you uh, lined up for all of that. 
A um, couple of other happenings in the church coming up here. Um, Micah Wiederwall, where's Micah at? There he is. Micah Wiederwall is coming out with his debut album. And we are doing an album release concert a week from Tuesday, the 29th at 7 o'clock here at church. So we encourage you all to come out here and support Micah and some special guests in the band um, for a wonderful night of music uh, to celebrate his album. Um, also, I want to mention we've got some Advent resources available to you. Uh, we are not doing a specific Advent sermon series this year. We're going to be doing some, some brief Advent devotional kind of things at the beginning of the service um, through Advent. But unlike the last couple of years, we're not going to do a specific sermon series. But we wanted to make sure that you had some resources available to you if you wanted to take you, your, your spouse, your family, any, you know, you, the young adults, friends, whatever, through an Advent devotional. So we came up with a few recommended resources. Um, there's three on Right Now Media, so those are video-based. And then there's a couple of devotionals also that we've recommended on the YouVersion Bible app. So we encourage you. There are different, different formats, different lengths, different styles. So just take a look at those different opportunities that are available and find something to kind of help prepare your heart for Christmas because Advent starts next Sunday. So keep that in mind. Those resources are available to you uh, through the weekly email. And again, if you're not getting the weekly email, feel free to uh, grab me after church and I'll get you signed up for that. And then I also want to mention a couple of things that are not going on. Uh, there will be no young adults next Sunday due to the Thanksgiving holiday. So young adults, no meeting next Sunday. There's no youth group this morning. So youth, you guys are going to be hanging out with us in the service this morning. And then youth group on Wednesday evenings is also off um, through the holidays. So you'll be starting back up in January. So I think that's about it. As we go to prayer, I just want to mention Kay Cratley. Um, she is actually undergoing surgery right now as we speak. I think her surgery is scheduled for 10 o'clock. She had some pretty severe abdominal pain this week and turned out that she needed her gallbladder removed. So please be praying for Kay, and uh, let's just go ahead and pray together as we go into uh, our morning. Father God, we do just come before you thanking you for uh, just, just the, 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 the activity in this community and the excitement and energy around the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. And Lord, we just pray that you would uh, guide our hearts and our minds and draw us closer to you during this season. When there's so many distractions, help us to be honed in and focused on, on you and on each other. And Lord, we do lift up Kay to you. Pray that the uh, surgery would go well this morning, that you would protect her health and her well-being, that you would guide the doctors, that you would just comfort her and her family as she goes through this procedure, and that she would just have a speedy and full recovery. Just pray for your blessings and protection upon her. And Lord, just be with us this morning as we go into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and dismiss kids now for Sunday school so kiddos can head out into the lobby for Sunday school. The rest of you uh, stand up and greet one another and find someone you don't know and wish them a happy Thanksgiving.
Good morning. Got me? Can I ask you all to grab a seat? Is that? Yeah. No. Let me ask you all to grab a seat. Yeah, it's actually a good problem. <laughs> I actually always love the fact that we got to stop you from talking. That's a good problem to have in a church, that people like to see each other and catch up. We are going to continue our study on the Sermon on the Mount today, and I'm going to ask the question, hopefully we can try to answer with the text, are you choosing the narrow way of life? Over the years, I've observed people who started their journey with Jesus, just really excited, passionate, following him. And, but as the years have passed, less and less excited. God's plans for their lives. Worship became or has become optional. God's word, fellowship, not that important, you know, just can kind of do things on their own, consume maybe more with happiness um, and kind of making it than they are with living for Christ. Uh, there's a parable of the sower, and, and I, I really believe many people fit into this category. Jesus explains it found in Matthew 13, it says this, and the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the word of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And I think these are people who have chosen the wide gate that leads to destruction. And we're going to talk more about that. Unfruitful lives. But let me just say this, and we're going to get more into that, but I believe many still are saved that know Christ, just have gotten off the path. Listen to verse 23. And the one whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, and indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, and sixty, and some thirty. These are those people who have chosen really the narrow way of life. These are people excited about the gospel, believing God has great plans for their lives. People who seek out counsel because they just want to do God's will. People are excited to worship, be in fellowship together. And these are the people who really motivate other people to want to live for Christ, be more devoted to Christ. They definitely motivate me to want more in my life. And can I say this, that many of you, as I look out, are those people you are living it really well. Be encouraged. You are tremendous encouragement to us, to the elders, to my life. You say, well, what makes a difference? Well, they've chosen kingdom living. They're choosing a narrow way of life. I've said this many times, beloved, we are only two or three decisions from being in places we could never imagine to be. But we're also only two or three decisions from being right in the middle of God's will. 
living the abundant life. So it doesn't matter where you're at, it really matters what you do with it. So hopefully our passage will just help us understand how to choose more the narrow way to living. Let me ask you to bow your heads and ask God's blessing on his word. Lord God, we come to you understanding how often we don't live as we should, and we confess that to you. We pray that your Holy Spirit would just have the freedom to speak into our hearts today, whatever that might mean for each of us, because it is our desire, our heart, to be more devoted to Jesus. We need help. We can sure get caught up in our own little world and forget what really matters. So bless your word and bless your people today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, I encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Let me just read our text. Today, very difficult text, which I've been in for weeks. You're getting the shortened version of the sermon God has been preaching to me for quite a while. Verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Well, understand this passage, you need to always keep it in its context. These are two verses that are part of the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe the greatest sermon ever given by the greatest teacher who ever taught Jesus. And the theme of this is that Jesus the King is speaking about his kingdom and his expectations for those who are part of that kingdom. It's a different way of living. Jesus is teaching us how to fulfill the law of God from the heart. In fact, if you look through the Sermon on the Mount, it's continuously a challenge to evaluate our hearts, not to go through the motions of life. It's important uh, that we believe and make Jesus the king of our hearts because you can't live this way without him. Remember, he has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Belief means this ongoing trust. We can't live it without him. In fact, it really describes the affections of our heart. If you look back at chapter 6 here, verses 19 through 21, it says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth now rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In fact, right after that, he warns us, he challenges us to be careful how we're living, what we're choosing to do with our lives. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either will hate the one or love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And when we're in need, Kevin spoke on this last week so well, we need to seek the source. God, he has given us his answers in his Holy Spirit-inspired Bible. Ask to have conversation with God. Seek, desire, and pursue to apply these truths to our lives and knock like a beggar for food to find God's wisdom, to know his will every day for our lives. And then we are given the golden rule in verse 12. 
chapter 7, it says, And everything, therefore, treat people the way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. This is our chance to model what the Lord has done for us, to do that for others. And that's really where we pick up our text today. Jesus presents two options, two gates. And the first gate is the narrow gate. Read it beginning of verse 13 and verse 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate, verse 14, for the gate is small. And the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Those who choose this narrow gate see the opportunities daily to serve the Lord, to do his will. Ephesians chapter 5, you want to put that up, please, Scott. It says, and then be careful how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. But the Lord wants us to know his will. He wants us to find his wisdom in our lives. But it's up to us to seek it. It's our choice. Kevin looked at this passage last week in Proverbs 2. I want to just look at it briefly again. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 6. It says, My son, if you will receive my words, key word, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understand. And if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, and search for as hidden treasures, and then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And we have a choice, if we do or if we don't. Do we really want it? Do we really believe it? I've always thought about this, you know, it's amazing when you really think about the scriptures and the power of the scriptures, that a passage of scripture, even a couple verses of scripture, applied to our hearts and to our lives could literally change the course and direction for the rest of our lives. Just a couple verses, a passage, and we believe, and when we do, there are just great rewards. It's amazing. The second gate is found in verse 13 also. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. This is the world's way to destruction. I mean, it all sounds really good, doesn't it? You gotta get on and make it all work. In our country, in the American dream, that's scary stuff. See, I believe this, that if the narrow gate is found by pursuing and seeking it actively, I'd suggest you to receive the world's answers. The wide gate is pretty much received passively. I believe Matthew doesn't really mention intentionally entering the wide gate because most of us just go through it without thinking. It just seems the right way to go. Sounds good. 
People who argue they love Jesus, but they want to keep their faith private. They don't really need fellowship with Jesus. Sharing the gospel is for others to do. Or why go to church? I mean, they're all hypocrites there anyway. You can imagine how scary a thinking that becomes. Because suddenly, it's not about what should be our whole lives. It's kind of about our life. What we feel, what we want. Second Timothy, Paul encourages Timothy to speak to those people who are living this way. And, and this could be believers and unbelievers. It says this in Second Timothy chapter 2. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all skillful in teaching, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Wow. That's a slippery slope. The believers could just literally be in the will of the enemy. Which really leads to a really important question. Where are you taking your lead from? Where are you taking your lead from? Jesus makes a promise in John chapter 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I mean, is it the enemy who just kind of directs how you think and what you do, what you decide, or is it Jesus? Who wants this for all of his children? So if you're truly honest with yourself, and I think, again, evaluation is so important, are you more concerned about the worries of the world or seeking God's will in your life daily? So you say, what are the implications of these two gates? First, again, I'm going to speak about this in a second a little bit more, but I don't believe this is a salvation passage. Most commentators think it is. I don't think it is. I think this is, I think many who go through this day of destruction doesn't necessarily mean that a person isn't saved. But obviously the narrow way of life cannot be lived without Jesus, without him being the Savior and Lord of your life. So I, I believe it has to do with what we call sanctification. Let me just kind of help you think through that a little bit. I think there's three stages of salvation. There's justification, when we made right with God. When a person humbles himself before God, asks for forgiveness for their sins, believes that Jesus is the answer, starts to trust their life to him. You're made right with God. That's what we call justification. From the moment you give your life to Christ until the day you die, the moment you die, we call that sanctification. This is becoming more holy, more like Jesus, where he's entered into our lives and starts to change us inside out. Then we have what we call glorification. It's that moment when a person is going to stand before God to be with them forever if you believed. Now, why do I believe this is more about sanctification? Because it says only few find it. Only few find it. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 8. 
It says this in verses 11 and 12. It says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Many are going to come. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, decisions. There will be many who come into the kingdom and many who choose not to come to the kingdom. They'll be away from the Lord forever. But many will come. In fact, he, makes, he mentions Abraham here. And Abraham in the Bible is considered the father of faith. And we have a couple promises that were given to him. If we put up Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. And when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I'll make my covenant between me and you, and I'll multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you'll be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall you be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations, and I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. And I'll make nations of you, and kings will come from you, and I'll establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. For those who have faith, many will know God, have this covenant, this eternal relationship. This is what he promises here. Another passage, Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram, I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram said, Lord, God, what will you give me since I am childless and there my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram also said, Since you have given me no son, one who has been born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And listen to the promise he says, And he took him outside. He said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars. If you are able to count them, he said to him, You shall see, you shall, your descendants shall be. Interesting, some astronomers believe there could be over 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone. And as you kind of read into it, some believe there might be a million other galaxies. I'm not certain. I do know this. There are going to be many in the kingdom. But few who will live the abundant life that is promised by Jesus. That's the difference. Many are going to be there. But few will find it. Again, it's a choice to seek it daily. Or a choice to kind of do your own thing. Go through the motions. Remember the caution there that was given earlier. You cannot serve God in wealth. Again, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul gives a, a similar challenge. That Timothy says, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to be good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that, that's the key, so that what? So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. 
Do you really want to live? Then you start to think differently. There's much more living and giving than there is in financial security. Let me tell you that, whatever that is. We've said this many times. If, if your life, if this, your goal of your life is to live comfortably, you are probably too comfortable to live for God. That's where you want to go. See, we have choices, beloved, to enter through the narrow gate that leads to life or the wide gate that leads to destruction. See, so how do we find the life that God wants us to choose? Well, let me share some application questions and, and thoughts that will hopefully help all of us to choose more the narrow way of life. First couple of questions. Do you really want the abundant life that's offered by Jesus? You really, is that your heart's desire? To really know him? To, to live a life where he's really alive in it? You see him, his fingerprints. And you want to make him known to others? Is that your heart? Is that the treasure of your heart that you're seeking? So if you want to choose that narrow way of life and you've gotten off track, which we all have done, repent and receive God's grace. Repent, as Pastor Dan has said on numerous occasions, change your stinking thinking and know God's truth. Great passage in Romans chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. It says this, the law came in so that the offense would increase. But where sin increased, grace abundant all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Really powerful passage. Before sin just led to death. And that, and that was just physical death. It was eternal death. And he says, but grace came in because you believed in Jesus. He said, now when you struggle through life and you make bad decisions and you're sinning, grace continues to come in our life. Live by God's grace daily, as my friend Weston put it. Live in his constant grace. Such a good word. He said that to me last week. I thought, what a great word. Constant grace. And remember, God doesn't just save undeserving people. He uses only undeserving people. See, that gives me such hope. He invites us all to his throne room of mercy and grace whenever we need to come. Hebrews chapter 4, it's really, again, an amazing passage of our access to God, our God of grace. It says this in verse 14. Therefore, since we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Isn't that encouraging? No matter where you've been, you can go. He welcomes us. It was about 18 years ago, I remember, I was trying to think years-wise, that I really went through a real season of struggle. It was a time I was really frustrated with the Lord. In my mind, he wasn't providing like he should, or he could. 
I remember even thinking, I continue to give, but I just, just had a terrible attitude. Spoiled kid. <laughs> During that time, we really misused our finances. Cash reserve in the bank, put a lot of things on credit cards. Our finance became very overwhelming. We really developed a bunch of debt, and I still remember this really vividly in my mind. I just, Michelle, we went to the table and just put all our credit card stuff on the table and our bills, and we just said, God, can forgive us. We confess we have not trusted you. Help us. We need help. I don't know what it was, but the next 12 to 18 months, everything got paid off. I cannot explain to you how that happened. I can just tell you there was just this new excitement in my heart. As I saw God alive. See, we can repent. We can just change how we think. Go to the throne of grace and things change. Live by grace, my friends. Second, go to the source and pray for help. The help of the Holy Spirit. Kevin spoke on Matthew chapter 7 and 8 last, night, last week. They go to the source and to the truth. And he says, ask, have a conversation with God. Tell him your fears, your struggles. Ask him for strength in your faith. Seek, seek, really pursue to know his will. And know hunger like a homeless man begging for food. There's a parallel passage, I think, that really clarifies this even more clearly. It's found in Luke chapter 11. So, so I say to you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And which of you being, of you fathers will, son, ask for a fish, and instead of a fish, you'll give him a snake, or you'll even ask for an egg, and his father will give him a scorpion. So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Ask the Holy Spirit. He's been given to us to help us every day. The Spirit of Truth. In his book, Forgotten God, Francis Chan discusses what that really looks like in our lives. He says, when we submit to the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He helps us to become more holy, more like Jesus. It's a lifelong journey of putting our flesh to death, or as Paul puts it in Galatians 5, our walking by the Spirit and not gratifying the desires of the flesh. We cannot live submitted to the Spirit and at the same time gratify the flesh because the two are opposed to each other. Galatians chapter 5, 17. The phrase crucifying the flesh is not exactly a friend friendly, appealing group of words. I think this is because God wants it to be clear on what we're getting into. He wants us to know that his gift of the Holy Spirit is really not for our own pleasure or purposes. The Spirit is meant to lead us towards holiness. The Spirit is here with us to accomplish God's purposes, not ours. And he goes on to say, perhaps you have not yet made this decision. Understand that it's a decision everyone must make. It cannot be done mindlessly, not when you're talking about something as intense as crucifying the flesh. Each of us has to decide whether we're going to crucify the flesh, whether we're truly 
to walk in the Spirit. It is a choice, and it is crucial. Beloved, self-fulfillment comes from self-denial. His presence is where the narrow gate is found, narrow life is found. Go to source and believe his answers, and then submit your heart to the Holy Spirit in your life. Daily. A third thought. Love the way you want to be loved. And go back to the golden rule in chapter 6, chapter 7, verse 12. It says, And everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. And what's so interesting is I think when I feel unloved, you know, I feel like God says, go love with my love. When I feel discouraged, you know what I feel like says is go encourage people. When finances are struggling, you know, God typically always says to me, give more. Trust me. You want to really find out that I'm involved. This principle has guided my life. See, my feelings tell me to focus on me. But God's will is to focus on him and others. And I can't do it without him. And when you do it, you've got to do it kindly and graciously to give value to the person you're giving it to. Just as you'd want them to give it to you. Final thought of application. Be doers of God's word and act upon the truth. We keep going back to this at the end of the sermon. Jesus says this in verse 24 and 25, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. See, we need to act. We don't need to just hear it. We need to believe it and do something. James chapter 1, verse 25, says this, the one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forget, forgetful here, but an active doer, this person will be blessed in what he does. When you act upon God's word, you become a blessing to others, and you're blessed yourself. As we close, I just want to share a story of a woman who chose a narrow way of life. Every time I read this, and I've shared this before, she lived with very little money her whole life. In fact, she lived in a mobile home for many years without electricity. I remember her son telling me this story. He was a young man I mentored many years ago. He said she would literally go through her drawers and take things out, shirts and her underwear, and just say, thank you, God. You've given me this. She was grateful for the life God had given her and wanted to be used by the Lord. She wanted to live this life. When she passed away, he wrote a tribute about her. Let me read it to you, and we'll close with this. It says, My mom, Lula, went to be with the Lord during the summer. She'd been battling cancer for the last three years. After she and my dad had celebrated their 42nd wedding anniversary on July 14th, she went home to the Lord on July 15th. She was her loving self to the very end. 
Her memorial service was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. Over 300 people came to an open-air service to celebrate her life. For two and a half hours, people came forward to share how my mom had impacted their lives. It felt like a page right on a scripture. There were the homeless, drug addicts, convicts, housewives, junior high, and high school students who all experienced the love of God through my mom. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. It was so powerful to witness firsthand a life that was lived truly serving the Lord and others. As I stood and listened, I was overcome with thankfulness for the mother God had given me. I was also challenged and encouraged to invest my life in others as she'd done. My mom had so many amazing Christ-like attributes. She was truly a prayer warrior. She was gracious and forgiving. She was full of joy and life. She was wise. She intimately knew the word of God. She was generous in giving. She was overflowing with love. David's mom chose the narrow way of life. Beloved, that's a choice we all can make. It really begins the day. Let's pray together. Father God, help us to understand how much this means to you because we often think about what it means to us. And we get lost in ourselves. Help us understand your heart, your heart for the struggling, the poor, those who don't know Christ. Help us to be those people that live in such a way that we just touch people with your love, a love they so desperately need, a grace that they're just absolutely in need of. Lord, we need your help. We don't come here thinking we can make this thing happen or if we suck it up, it's all going to happen. We need you, Holy Spirit, to just move us daily to those people, to your plans, to your will. Lord, just pray for all of us today that we just take some time to really think through our lives, where we're at. Lord, if some are in a place where they've just kind of gotten off the road for a while, Lord, their life seemed to just be going through the motion. I just pray, God, they just confess that and start all over today. For those who are just living it out, Lord, I just pray they would just see and feel your pleasure in their lives. Be encouraged that it matters. Every little thing matters to you, Lord, because when it's done for you, it's always good. So we thank you for your patience and your kindness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. such an amazing series for me. Um, as we sing a few songs here as we close, um, just like Gus was saying, <clears throat> making that decision, interacting, encountering the Lord, that's kind of our, it's our big hope that each of us would, would leave here 
challenged and changed. And so um, as we sing these next songs, just do that work in your heart uh, as we as we worship. Father, it's who you are. 
Let's all stand together. Let's sing this bridge one more time.
pray that you'd get all the glory here this morning. with one song. Um, <clears throat> growing up in Canada, we always sing, this is, a, this is kind of our prayer before we ate the meal. <clears throat> this is when the low inside of my family, we all get together. There's, I think, 100. Hudson was actually number 100 of the grandkids, great-grandkids. <clears throat> I could get that wrong. My parents often watch, and they're going to correct me. <clears throat> but I think that's true. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above you. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And amen. Amen. And Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this reminder to choose you, to choose abundant life, to seek you, to plant firm our foundation in you and the blessings that come with that. <clears throat> God, this week we pray that you'd live in that, live in that place of seeking you, being obedient. God, we pray that thankfulness would ooze out of us. And God, we just pray that you would uh, just bless the times with family, those that maybe you've lost or don't have folks to celebrate with, God, we pray that you just meet each one right where we're at, and we just give it all to you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Have a great week.